Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You are listening to the Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio. The all new and mightier 1090 AM. Good afternoon on a beautiful Monday and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California and the 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I'm joined as always by producers Jihei Wiley, Armani Buckets. Listen, we are only a few days away. This is the last week of 2021, uh, but I cannot believe that we are looking at potentially the Lakers and the Clippers both missing out on the playoffs. That has only happened three times um, since both of them shared what was formerly known as Staples Center, but is now known as Crypto.com Arena. We found out uh, right before the holiday break, Christmas, that Paul George is out for three to four weeks. And, and this is why he could be out longer. Whenever they say someone is out for four weeks and then they will be reevaluated, that's all that means. That means after three to four weeks, Paul George will be reevaluated. And here's why I'm concerned. I really do believe after three to four weeks, the Clippers will be in a position where there's really no need to push Paul George. Obviously, I think it's safe to presume there's no need to push Kawhi to come back at this point this season. The Clippers this season, their um, ability to perhaps get into the playoffs and perhaps be in a position where Kawhi could come back always hinged on them staying 100% healthy. And I know that that's not realistic, but they were not in a position to have Paul George out for a month and a lot of other guys be out. You know, when you look at the the team that they had in the playoffs through uh, the uh, seven-game series against the Mavericks, through the first, you know, let's just say four games against the Jazz before Kawhi went down, that team is totally gone now in terms of, and again, they'll be back, probably won't be back until next season. But you look at Jackson, when you look at, uh, you know, Terrence Mann, and like they've, they've had so many key players miss time. Um, you know, gee, hey, let's start there. I mean, I, I, I was really hopeful about the Clippers. Again, a rough start to the season. Then they turned it around. I liked it the way I liked it the way that they played. You know, they played like a tough, hard-nosed, blue-collar team. Uh, but at the end of the day, you need talent to win. And right now, with Paul George out for a month, I do think this is effectively the end to their season. I'm not saying that they're going to shut him down, but there's no rush, I think, for him to come back. And then if that's the case, I mean, I think it's safe to presume that Kawhi will be shut down at some point, too. Yeah, I mean, you need a star. You know, you uh, everybody needs at least one star, if not two, three being ideal um, on your team to help you get to those playoffs. And without, without two stars, it's going to be rough. Without one star, it's going to be, to me, impossible just to even make the playoffs. So, you know what? If they prove me wrong, I'll be ecstatic. No, just to make the playoffs right now. I didn't even think that we'd make the playoffs without Paul George. So if this happens, then great. But if not, I'm being a realistic fan. I know there's a lot of people that are like, well, don't give up hope. I'm like, you know, if again, if it happens, I'll be ecstatic. If it doesn't happen, I'm not going to be surprised. You need you need your stars. That's just it's just a fact. And listen, I think we are um, at a point with both teams this season, with the Lakers and with the Clippers, that if they do make the playoffs, it looks like it will be a, the, the a play-in tournament. And it looks like they are going to be one and done, you know, quite frankly. I mean, if they win that that play-in game and they're in the first round, I don't think either team right now, when you look at how they're playing and how they're built, 
they're not built for a long playoff push. And I think even if they do find a way to sneak into the playoffs, because if we're being realistic here, the back half of the Western Conference is really bad. I mean, if you're 500, you're in the playoffs right now. So, Buckets, I mean, what do you think about the Clippers? I mean, the, the way that it looks right now, they were in a tough spot with Paul George. With Paul George out for a month, I think the Clippers are going to be in a deep hole. And again, to whatever extent that they're going to push Paul George to come back, I can't imagine him coming back after a month. Um, and then again, I think this is, this effectively is the end. If you were hoping to see Kawhi, there's really no need for Kawhi to, to, to push himself to come back to this type of a team. We don't often disagree, uh, us three, I would <laughs> say, but this is one where I'm going to ardently disagree with you guys because I really think that this Clipper team is one of those teams, those just hardworking, gritty teams that is going to, no matter who they put on the court, going to try their hardest to persevere. And as good as Paul George has been this season, their success is more about now, when I call it success, they're 500, but their wins are more about the whole unit, the the Reggie Jacksons, the Eric Bledsoe's, the Hartensteins, the Terrence Manns, the Luke Kennards. It's not like the Western Conference is a juggernaut anymore. The Western Conference, the sixth seed is at 500. Everybody else, and by the way, that sixth seed is the Denver Nuggets, who last night in that game against the Clippers, they looked awful. They look horrible. And so like when you compare the Clippers to that, the Clippers probably should have won last night. And the Clippers had basically their best player was Eric Bledsoe. And the last possession of the game, they gave it to a second round pick in Brandon Boston, who, you know, he's a nice story. But the thing is that the, <laughs> this Nuggets team and the rest of the teams in that conversation with the Clippers are not going to pull away dramatically, which is why I would still say, even without Paul George for the foreseeable future, I think that they're going to be able to at least keep their heads somewhat above water. Yeah, and and they, they're going to have to. I mean, here's what I will say to that. I think when you look at the success that the Clippers had at the beginning of the season, again, they had a rough couple games to begin the season, turned it around, it was because Paul George was playing like a most valuable player candidate. Yes. And, and so that's why I say, listen, this team, but to your point buckets here, here's where we're at. According to five 38.com, they are projecting the Clippers to be below 500 40 wow. and 42. But to your point, the West is so terrible that they have a 61% chance to make the playoffs. Again, if you're 40 and 42, again, you're, you're kind of obviously in that uh, six, seven kind of eight spot. I mean, I think their thinking is they'll for sure be in the play in game. This obviously is a perfect transition into the other team. And I didn't think I'd say it like that, but listen, the other team at crypto.com arena, the Lakers, not a great Christmas day game. And here's why I've had an issue with a lot of people saying, look at the injuries that the Lakers have. Look at players and health and safety protocol. Nobody has been affected more by this health and safety protocol players being out than the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets came into Los Angeles on Christmas Day with 10 players in health and safety. Kyrie, of course, is out. KD is out. 
you want to talk about a team missing two of the top three players and having 10 players in health and safety coming into Los Angeles, and they have a 20-point lead on the Lakers in the fourth quarter. The Lakers made it close at the end, but nobody who was watching that game or who has watched this team this season thought that they were going to come back and win. According to 538 at this point in time, the Lakers are projected to finish 35-47. and 47 with a 19% chance to make the playoffs. And so here's where we're at with that team. A little bit different in the sense that, and by the way, LeBron James is, and this is not the peak of his career, but the way he's playing in season 19, you know, 30-point games, triple-doubles, completely being wasted. And, you know, people have made this comparison, but it's a little bit like Kobe during that one year where they had Dwight Howard and Steve Nash, where he basically felt the need to put the team on his back, willed them into the playoffs, tore his Achilles in the process, and basically, effectively, that was the end of his career. Um, LeBron, at some point, is going to just stop caring, I think. You know, you had a... Buckets, I, I don't know if you saw this. There was this play, and I don't think it was against the Nets. It may have been against the Spurs, where LeBron gets a rebound and is going down the court, and it's literally five on one. Like, nobody felt any need, no sense of urgency to, like, at least walk on, you know, walk toward the other. And then, like, LeBron just jacks up a three because I think he's just frustrated. And then he walked off the court with a couple of seconds left in uh, against the Nets. Uh, listen, I've always enjoyed hearing you talk about how mismatched this team is. I mean, what have you thought, again, these last two games? Again, they've, they've lost five straight, and it doesn't look like it's going to get get any better. I think Davis um, is going to be out longer than the projected four weeks. Uh, your thoughts on what they've done? Again, last game at Staples Center, when you talk about a blowout loss, I mean, you know, when you lose by 30 points to the to, to the Spurs, you give up nearly 140 points to the San Antonio Spurs. I mean, listen, this was bad before, but it looks it looks like amazingly it's 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 worse. It's incredible because that Christmas Day game was one of the rare games that I was able to watch with the family. And, you know, the family kind of tuned out in the fourth quarter and I was trying to rev up the excitement in the room. I was like, oh, look, the Lakers are making a comeback. Um, you know, this is incredible. They were down by 23. And in the, in the bottom of my heart, even when they tied the game, I was like, yeah, like you said, I was like, they're not going to win this game. Yeah. I didn't know how they were going to lose it. And then again, even in their good moments, it's just crushed by Nick Claxton just dunking on LeBron James, <laughs> who is the only reason why they're in that game in the first place. Um, that's the kind of the overall theme of this Lakers season is even when it's good, it still finds a way to be insufferable. And they are only now two games ahead of Portland, who is 11th. So now yeah. the, the danger becomes missing the plane, which even I, you know, I don't think, I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I didn't think they would miss the plane. No, no. And now that becomes realistic. I mean, because here's the thing. I mean, the play-in, now that the way that this has worked out, you, you could be the 10 seed and you're in that play-in tournament. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, so the, the, you didn't think that the Lakers were not at least going to be the 10th <laughs> Tenth team in the West, so I mean, but you, you were one hundred percent right. They are definitely in a precarious position right now. Where not only are they losing games, they're losing games badly. They're not playing any defense. They're not playing together. Uh, the, the body language has been so bad all 
season, but it's particularly bad right now. Uh, we do have to transition into talking about something positive, something good happening in Los Angeles, not the Chargers, because that was an absolute disaster of a game. Like when you go into Houston, and by the way, that line, I thought the Chargers would win by kickoff. That was close to a two touchdown favorite for the Chargers. It was 12 and a half, went up to 13 and a half. Uh, the Chargers were heavy favorites in that game. Lose. They're not totally out of the playoff hunt, but uh, that really puts them in, in a tough spot on the flip side. The Rams. The Rams are really in now in position to uh, take control of things. They got a one-game lead in the West, uh, tied for the number two seed in the conference. Uh, your, your your thoughts on the uh, the Rams? G again, you know, four weeks ago when they had lost three straight games, they got blown out by Tennessee at home. They got blown out by San Francisco. They lost to the Packers. Everyone kind of like jumped off that bandwagon. But here we sit right now, four wins in a row. They're really in position to not only win the division, but perhaps get the number two seed. Well, I know you want to start off with good news, but I'm going to start off with bad news first. Yeah. I'm going to start off with the Chargers first because, man, what a disappointing game, especially when, you know, you have everything kind of going in your favor, right? Like you have, I don't, I don't know, just I, maybe just the critics even just going in your favor. Like now, the chances of, and you, you said it, Arash, the chances of them making the playoffs and 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 advancing are going to be a huge uphill battle yeah. for the next few weeks. So it's going to be really difficult. I mean, and the thing that sucks about this whole entire thing is that it was the Chargers game to win. Yeah, like, they they had all they had all the talent like this is just i guess at the end of the day chargers fans are going well typical chargers you know um which is really sad because you would think with a new regime that this would be different now going on to better news the rams oh my goodness oh my goodness watching that game was pretty phenomenal i loved it i think it was great great momentum for them not the happiest that beckham jr got that first touchdown, but <laughs> I'll give I'll give props. Cooper Cup is just breaking records left and right. It's ridiculous how well he's playing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if this kid does not get the MVP, like there's something wrong in the world. There's just something wrong. So um, his his game was ridiculous. I think he just shattered a record of being the only person in the uh, only wideout in the NFL to hit over 90 plus yards per game um, every single game this season. It's just. It's phenomenal what the game that he's having, considering that Matthew Stafford threw for three picks, I think. I this, know. This last I was game. thinking of you, Jihei, because the, 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 there's been times this season, and that game in particular, where he had three picks, two of them were really bad, uh, where he looks like Jared Goff, and you don't want to say that, but it's like, my goodness. I mean, three picks, I mean, he really put them in, in, a, in a tough spot. Like That game should not have been that close, but three picks, and that was ridiculous. Yeah, and let's not also forget Mr. Aaron Donald yeah. having the – one of the best games I've seen. I mean, I every game is great for Aaron Donald, yeah. but he. I, I can't believe the. This is one of the best games I've seen him play defensively. Like just his footwork and being able to get to the quarterback and being able to just make all those defensive stops is ridiculous. And uh, th this team is going to win. If they're going to win a Super Bowl, it's going to be because of him. It's not going to be like. And I love Cup, and I I love what he's doing. But it's going to be because of Aaron Donald that they win this Super Bowl. And God bless him. I I love the fact though that. You know, not only does Arizona lose, not only does Seattle lose, every single team in this conference lost except for the Rams. So yeah. this holiday weekend for Rams fans was probably the best holiday weekend ever. 
Exactly. So again, they are in position right now to perhaps if they win out, claim that number two seed. Uh, they are right behind the Packers who are 12 and three. And so there's a little, little bit of a log jam for that number uh, two seed. The Cowboys, the Rams and the Buccaneers all tied at 11 and four. The Cowboys clinched the East with a m- huge blowout of uh, Washington. Tampa Bay's in, in a good spot right now. You go to the AFC. The uh, Chiefs are the, n- the number one team right now at 11 and four. Right behind them, you got the 10 Tennessee Titans at 10 and five. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, the way it's shaping up right now, you know, I mean, the uh, Chiefs look like the team to beat out of the AFC. And, and again, I mean, all those teams are so good. When you look at the Packers, the Cowboys, the Rams, and the Bucks. I mean, it's going to be really hard uh, to, to, to decide, but that's why you want to get home field for as long as you possibly can. You don't want to go to Green Bay again. The uh, Rams have or, already lost there, not only this season, but you go back to a year ago. Uh, so they definitely don't want to do that. Um so, yeah, go, you know, two more games for the Rams. They go on the road to play Baltimore, and then they close out the season against San Francisco. And, again, when you just look at it on paper, that should be a win. But we've talked about this on the show. Sean McVay has lost five straight times to his old friend Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco. Uh, so he's got to find a way to flip the script on that one if the Rams are to close out the season strong, win, win the division, and put themselves in position to perhaps – get that number uh, two seed or the, the number one seed, you know, and Baltimore is still in it by the oh, way. 100%. So like the Rams yeah. play Baltimore this, you know, this coming Sunday and they're still in it. So if they do get this W, like, you know, I'm not saying that the Rams are going to be out cause they've already, I believe they've already clinched a playoff. So yeah, but it's definitely going to hurt their chances of getting first place in this conference. So, um, you know, every game matters at this point for the next two weeks, every game oh. matters. No no doubt about that. The other big story, and again, Giga, you can kind of touch on this because this is affecting Duke basketball right now. The number of college uh, sports, when you look at the college bowl games, college basketball, um, hockey, I mean, hockey just postponed three more games for Tuesday. The Kings and the Vegas Golden Knights game is still uh, technically slated to happen. This will be the first uh, Kings game at the uh, Crypto.com arena. uh, but the number of sports events right now around the country uh, that are being postponed or canceled, uh, you know, GA, uh, you probably just saw the news about Duke. Their next two games have been canceled. Again, if if it's non-conference, it seems like those non-conference games are being canceled. Obviously, conference games, they're going to try to make up those games. But, I mean, we're not back to where we were a year ago, but the number of cases, the number of postponements, the number of events and sports that are being affected by COVID again is incredible. Yeah, so conference matchups are not going to be canceled. They are, they be, they will be postponed. Yeah. So they are going to be pushed um, over. Yeah, Duke's not going to play until January 2nd, I believe, is what they're slated at playing. But, I mean, this is, this is going to be around the – around all sports in general we're going to see postponements yeah. we're going to see cancellations we're going you know in certain uh in certain sports obviously the nhl is a lot more weary or wary sorry of you know where where covid is at for them especially considering they have to travel internationally yeah. so um i i definitely see cancellations happening with this new variant especially considering it's the one that travels the fastest uh and is the most susceptible to people so i i can see and again i know that you think i'm crazy i know that you think like this is like gonna be gee this isn't a hot take but i just i think that if the nhl cancels their season this year i wouldn't be shocked i, I yeah. just wouldn't 
My the only thing that I will say about that is that there's too much money in professional sports. Now in collegiate sports, you got these, you know, you got, you got these kids effectively who are not being paid right now. So that's a little bit different with professional sports and again the kind of wild card there as you touched on it is the fact that they do cross border travel. So that that is an issue with the um with hockey again with the other leagues you know you can have uh, teams play those games in florida but i don't think it'll be canceled but to your point G, they, they've they've been the only league that shut down effectively the season for a week to be honest old, i think that they could do that because of the olympics they are basically saying okay all we're not sending our players to the olympics so we're going to use that time to make up the games that that have been postponed so We'll see, but just a, it's just a crazy time in sports where you're on so, uh, uh, when you're on social media and players are in health and safety and things like that. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we are going to talk a little bit more about the Rams' big win. They're in first first place. We are going to hear from head coach Sean McVay, quarterback Matthew Stafford. When we come back, right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. We will be right back with the Arash Markazi Show. And you are listening to a new generation of radio. The all-new and mightier 1090 AM. You're listening to the Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio. The all-new and mightier 1090 AM. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the mightier 1090 in Southern California and 98.5, the fan in Las Vegas. Again, big win for the Rams yesterday against the Minnesota Vikings. They are now in sole possession of first place in the NFC West, tied for the number two seed in the conference, really putting them right back in the driver's seat as they've wanted to be this season for a trip to the Super Bowl at SoFi Stadium. So again, they hit a big bump in the road. They're now back on track after winning four straight. And we're going to now hear from head coach Sean McVay, quarterback Matthew Stafford, talking about that big win yesterday against the Vikings. Again, now sole possession of first place in the NFC West. Okay. Glad to see uh, Gary, Kurt, and Stu are the only ones with any resilience to make the trip. You guys are all just lagging behind, all right? And I'm just kidding, okay? Anyways, um, great team win. Really so proud of this group. Uh, just the way they continue to battle and fight uh, certainly wasn't perfect, but you talk about the three phases picking one another up. Brandon Powell's punt return for a touchdown when we had to have it after they started to really kind of get momentum back in their favor was huge. I thought the defense was outstanding. T. Howard's pick, big time. They made him earn everything. And then really, I think what says as much about Matthew Stafford as anything is, hey, it wasn't perfect. I put him in some bad spots, but in some key crunch time, known passing situations, he delivered in a big way. The one to Cup on third down, the one to Odell for the touchdown, um, just big time plays. And then I thought the one off schedule to Higby on the right sideline in the high red area was huge. Sony Michelle was outstanding. Uh, Alaric Jackson to be able to step in and play left tackle, no flinch. Coleman Shelton bumping into center. David Edwards starts the game at left tackle. You know what? We're saying it's unbelievable it takes all 48 i'm exhausted let's keep the questions to a minimum i'm just kidding all right go ahead how does it feel i know you said this was just like one step but you did clinch playoff spot you moved into 
control of the uh, division. Yeah, that, and that's it's one step, just like you said. You know, first of all, you know, to be able to get into the playoffs, it's something that you never take for granted. It's such a challenging league. It's so competitive. So, really, hats off to our players, to our coaches. Can't say enough about just the resilience of this group, the mental toughness. Uh, but now we want to be able to stay on top of this division. We got a great opportunity uh, and a great challenge against an excellent Baltimore Ravens football team next week. It'll be good to hopefully get some guys back and then be able to have kind of somewhat of a normal week of preparation. These last three weeks have really been a true whirlwind. Uh, but for our guys to be able to go undefeated in the month of December after the month of November that we had, it says as much about this group as you need to know. But we got to keep it rolling. And so you talked about how it kind of head spinning. You got all your starters back Friday. Yeah. So can you take us through what happened? Yeah, I kind of found out later on that he ends up, you know, after we have that practice, all right, he's positive for COVID. Um, and then you're really saying, okay, what's the, you know, we were potentially going to get Joe Nopum back. If we were playing on Monday, he would have been back, you know. And so Joe's a guy that we look at really as a starting caliber tackle. So now you're saying, okay, what's the best way to operate? Because of how well Coleman Shelton had played, felt like let's put him at left guard. Let's move big Dave Edwards out to left tackle. We lose Brian Allen fairly early in the game. Coleman slides in. David goes back to his original spot. And then Alaric Jackson, man, he is uh, – He's a pretty impressive rookie. I mean, definitely was unfazed, came in and did a great job, and, uh, you know, really proud of that group. I think it says a lot about Kevin Carberry, Nick Jones, Zach Cromer, but also the leadership. It was great to get Rob Havenstein back today, and then looking forward to hopefully getting Big Wit and Note Boom back. And it really, uh, you know, we've really had our depth challenge, and I think it shows the, the strength of that unit, Gary, with the way these guys have been able to step up these last few weeks. And Brandon Powell, I mean, unbelievable. How, how did you guys identify him and what? You know, really, it was uh, one of those deals that, you know, just kind of keeping eyes open. Great job by Les and his group. You know, Raheem Morris had some familiarity with him. Um, you know, Matthew even played with him in Detroit. And so he's a guy that's kind of been around, and um, he is an impressive guy. He's brought a great spark to our team. I think he's been ex excellent, really, in both phases of the return, not only the kick return and punt return. Um, you know, you felt his presence made immediately when he started returning him against Jacksonville, and then for him to have the punt return for the touchdown – uh, what a great job by the special teams, and then Van Jefferson to close it out. Was really pleased with that. Yeah, don't have any updates on those guys. None of those guys were able to return. Um, you know, hopefully we'll get some news back, but uh, don't have any updates on those guys yet. Haven't gotten with Reggie and his group yet, still. And then trading Howard. I mean, stepping up the way he did, coming up with his first career interception. What you like about the way he played? You felt his presence. You know, it's uh, you know his athleticism, running hit ability, uh, made a bunch of plays. I, you know, I think you know as much as you can say about just hey, he, he was active, uh, made an impact on the game, and and again another guy. It's just not too big for him. I think Chris Shule did a great job having the depth of that unit being ready to go. Anytime you lose Ernest, uh, that's a big loss for us. But uh, I thought uh, I thought Traven did a great job stepping in today. I don't know what Sony finished per average, but at the point it was over six yards a carry. Yeah. Um, did you sense? Yeah, you know, they, we, we thought that was going to be the case um, just based on some of the things that they were doing defensively, but I thought guys got great removal at the line of scrimmage. The run game truly takes all 11, but Sony was outstanding, especially to be able to kind of control it when we needed to get the momentum back in our favor. I think after everything was going as poorly as it was offensively to come back, be able to control the football, running it, getting two scoring drives in a row where we got the momentum back in our favor was huge. Um, and, and Sony really, for the last month, he, he's been a workhorse. He's been one of the you know the standouts for us when we've gone 4-0 in the month of December. Really uh, pleased with him. It was great to get Thomas Brown back today as well. Sean, not too many teams can overcome a three-turnover game. 
Yeah. Well, I think that's a big factor. I think us getting a turnover in the tight red area with with T. Howard's interception, you know, and the guys just keep battling. You know, that's not the formula for success. You know, for our team, we've talked about that over and over, but uh, it doesn't mean that the game ends if you do lose the turnover battle. And I think Matthew Stafford's resilience, mental toughness was on display. Um, there's going to be a couple things where, first and foremost, you want to put our guys in better spots. But I think, you know, that's why he's our leader. He's our guy is because, you know, you talk about competitive greatness, being your best when your best is required. He found a way to gather himself. I never felt like he was phased. I think he was more just frustrated at uh, just some of the things that we know we're capable of operating and executing at a higher level. But when we had to have it, he delivered in a big way, and that, and that was outstanding and not surprised at all. All right, we'll start with Zulu, dude. All right, we'll start with Jordan. Hey, Sean, um, the sudden change situations that your defense was put in, did you feel sort of a calmness, assertiveness from them despite sort of the, the chaotic nature of that? I certainly did, Jordan. You know, that's not ideal, but for those guys to be able to do what they did, especially on the first few uh, where they're holding up the field goals was big time. Uh, can't say enough about that. And then we got to do a better job of not putting our defense uh, in some of those spots. But, but they came through in a big way, and, and obviously Aaron made his presence felt throughout the course of the day as well. Are you, this defense, obviously there's a bit of a learning curve, adjustments, personnel changes, things like that early in the season, um, in, particularly in those specific situations where their best is needed, as you say, are you starting to feel that identity solidify down the stretch here? I don't think there's a question about it, and there's no doubt, Jordan, and, and guys have done a great job, you know, and then you just talk about, you know, it's the next man up, you know, we've had a lot of adversity uh, to lose Ernest Jones when we did, and for T. Howard to be able to step in, Troy Reader continues to make his plays. Um, you know, it, it was good, and I do think these guys are playing their best. I just think as a team, what I've really liked is the way we're picking one another up. You know, for the special teams to make that play when we had to have it, um, it was a great team win. There's some things that uh, we can certainly learn from, but I was pleased with these guys and uh, love this defense, Jordan. Thank you, Sean. You're welcome. Kevin? Uh, hey, Sean. Um, what went into Brandon Powell's punt return, and I'm wondering – what uh, what your feeling is when one of your guys somersaults into the end zone? Hey, if it's he scored, he was clear right there. It was a great job. I was very excited. You know, anytime that you see a play like that, Kevin, it's a good reflection of the unit. You know, that's why football is the greatest team sport there is. We were able to get the wall set up perfectly. He goes right down the sideline, and then I thought uh, Hoyt's block at the end to really finish that out was instrumental in really being able to punch that in. Um, and, and we had to have that. You know, you talk about, you know, you could feel it was a three-point game. We were sputtering a little bit offensively, and then they go back up 10 uh, was big time, and uh, what a what an outstanding job by our special teams. Joe D and Dwayne Stukes deserve a lot of credit, but uh, mostly those players that make it come to life, I, I was fired up for them. And he can flip in uh, as long as it's safe and there's nobody by him. <laughs> and then uh, what all went into Traven Howard's interception? You know, honestly, my I was kind of looking at the surface. I, I, I didn't really see that one. Uh, I was kind of trying to make sure to get some things together, so I'd have to watch the film. That was one of those deals where, uh, you know, I'd say, if you're going to take it out, man, you better get past the freaking 20-yard line right there. But uh, it was a huge play for us. All right. Nick. 
Hey, Coach, congratulations on the win. Appreciate it. Uh, can you just talk about, about your, your third down efficiency today, especially being at 50%. Uh, what was your assessment of that of those those drives? Yeah, I thought they did a really good job, and I thought the key third down conversions towards the latter parts of the game were huge. I mentioned it, and that's to me where Matthew really came to life. The one to Higby, the one to Cooper Cup, and then the ultimately the touchdown to Odell. I thought those were three of our biggest conversions. Had a couple ops early on in the game where we missed some chances. We were able to run a couple, um, but I was really just pleased with the group as a whole and I thought they were their best uh, at the most important times and uh, you know that's a credit to all 11 I thought we had really good protection too coach Zimmer and those guys do a great job of really stretching your protections your rules with the different pressure packages that they can activate and um, you know we, we did a good job towards the latter parts of those game at that game for sure thanks coach you got it Nick quickly wrap with Claudia and Dennis Hey, Sean, uh, congrats on the win. I don't know if you were asked this, you were kind of cutting in and out. Um, the Vikings have a good offense, but you were able to contain them. What gave you an edge over their offense? Anything specific? I really just think the way I think Raheem and the defensive staff did a great job, and then the players made it come to life. I thought, uh, you know, we were able to kind of shut down the run. I thought, you know, Jalen did a good job when he was matched up on Jefferson. You know, they did make a couple plays here and there, but I thought we really limited it, uh, limited their opportunities. For them to be two for 11 or whatever they finished up on third down, I thought was a big part of it, Claudia. But this is an explosive offense. They make a lot of plays. I think Clint Kubiak does a great job mixing it up. I, I have tremendous respect for Kirk Cousins. If it wasn't for Kirk Cousins, I would never be a head coach based on our experiences, you know, going back to Washington. And so I know how good those guys are. They have a great scheme, great players, and I thought our defense answered the bell in a big way today, Claudia. Thank you. Thank you. And Dennis. All right. Uh, Bay, uh, what was the key to your team stopping the run today? I just think really all hands on deck. I thought we were able to hit blocks at the point of attack. I thought we were sure tacklers, um, and I thought really guys were being able to win. You know, a lot of those were, were you know, the run defense is a reflection of being able to hit blocks and then guys being able to finish plays on contact. Madison's a tough, strong runner, uh, but I thought we were able to do a pretty nice job throughout the course of the day. Anytime that you keep them to three yards of carry, you know they're going to be patient with it. I was really pleased. and you know, um, Obviously a, a great team win. Um, tough place to come in and play this teams played everybody they played this year really tough knew they were going to give us a uh, you know big time fight I thought our defense played outstanding um, run game was great um, less than spectacular you know in the past game um, three turnovers is going to hurt us you know in, in a lot of games so uh, it's nice to come away with a win there's no doubt about that but I can play better we can play better um, you know so there's there's always that what I'm all different you know um, First one, wish I just once I snuck out there. Wish I would have just run, um, you know, get what I can get, get down. Kind of in between on whether I was going to throw that to him or throw it away, and just yanked it. Terrible, terrible play to be honest with you. Backed up. Uh, one of them's tipped. You know, have to live with those. And the other one, I kind of got hit right as I threw it. I still think there's a throw out there. If I'm, you know, if I don't get hit on that one, probably a throw out there to Van for a big play. So uh, missed Odell on another third and one short play. Um, they took a bunch of attention. Uh, the Cooper had a chance to hit Odell for a big one and, and sh you know, shortchanged that one too. So I can definitely play way better. Um, frustrated a little bit, you know, with, with how I played. But, uh, you know, in the second half, we needed some plays. We were able to do enough in the pass game to, you know, come away with a win. And what is a play like with Brandon Powell after, you know, kind of those struggles, you get a play like that? What is that? I've been, uh, you know, I've been with BP for a while. He was in uh, Detroit with me. Um, 
He's got great ability, man. We went to Lambeau together a couple years ago, and he had 100 receiving. So he's got that ability in him. Um, really happy for him to uh, to make a huge play in a huge game. You know, a, a chance to uh, to clinch a playoff berth and um, you know take back the lead in the division. And, and Brandon Powell, who's everything that's right about you know NFL football, the guy works his tail off. Um, you know, he's bouncing around a little bit, trying to find a home, but uh, just really happy. Happy for him, happy for his success, and it was huge play in the game. You know, he was in there when we were taking a knee at the end of the game, um, you know, and I freaking brought him in the huddles. I mean, got to give it up for this guy. You know, I mean, that's seven points was the, the difference in the football game. So um, it was a huge play that we needed, and I'm just happy and proud, for him, you know, proud of him. Matthew, what was, what was your reaction as you were seeing him take that 61 yards to the house? Um, it was a great job setting it up. You know, I mean, the whole – the whole return unit did a great job building the wall. BP pointed out the last guy that we needed to block. I think Hoyt got on him and uh, blocked him. I think that's who it was. And, and uh, the rest was history. I was just happy for him. You know, um, that was a huge play in the game for our team. Our defense had just gotten a big time stop, and, and for him to take it back was was a huge momentum play for us. Matthew, you're in the playoffs, something that you haven't done in five years. Can you, you know, enjoy it for the time thing that it's been so long? Uh, yeah, I mean. Uh, you know, I think we, we, we obviously guaranteed ourselves a spot. Um, would love to make that spot as good as we can make it from here on out, you know, and control, um, you know, where we sit in the seedings. Um, and I think it's important to go into, go into it playing good football. You know, today was good team ball, um, but, you know, a lot to, you know, a lot to clean up in the past game for us. So, um, you know, I think there's still more out there for us, but at the same time I am excited knowing that, you know, after January 9th there's going to be some more ball. All right, we'll start a little. Matthew, I know you guys are just wrapping up this game, but you said coming here that you want to be able to play on these big stages, and it's going to be pretty big the next two weeks with you guys having a chance to um, clinch the division. What kind of challenge do you think is ahead? Um, obviously a good Baltimore team, um, you know, a team that's uh, got a lot of talent. Um, you know, we'll see if we get Lamar or not, um, but if we do, he's as good a player as there is in this league. Um, you know, their defense is a little bit banged up, but they still, you know, really well coached, got a great coordinator, they're aggressive. So it'll be a lot of, uh, you know, a big challenge for us. Um, you know, a, an opponent that I'm not, you know, extremely familiar with. I'm not sure a lot of guys on our team are either. I'm not sure how many times they've played them um, in the past around here. But, uh, you know, I'm going to have to get to know them and uh, go on the road, you know, across the country and, and um, you know, play a, play a tough team. And understanding the offense had a few things that would have liked to have gone better, but with Sony Michelle, do you guys feel like you've kind of established a, an identity altogether as a passing and running game? I think he did an outstanding job. Um, I got to give a lot of credit to our offensive line as well. I mean, we had Witt out, No Boom was out. We lose Brian Allen in the first quarter. They're shuffling all around. David Edwards starts the game at left tackle, bumps into left guard. Alaric comes in. Um, you know, Coleman bumps from left guard to center. We don't miss a beat, and those guys dominated the line of scrimmage. It's the reason we won the game. It's the reason why we scored 30 um, on offense is because those guys up front played as well as they did. Um, opening holes for Sony, and then nobody really wants to tackle that guy on the second level. He's heavy, um, does a great job of uh, playing low, um, giving, you know, not much to hit. And then, you know, Daryl came in and, and had a nice run or two there as well. So, uh, you know, I'm excited for those guys, excited for the run game. Obviously, some things in the past game we can do a whole lot better and, and uh, you know, get to where we want to be. Thanks. Bobby. Matthew, congratulations. Uh, talking um, you know, Sonny Michel, uh, can you talk about uh, when he's running the ball, how much patience you see? He seems to find those gaps for good yards. 
He does a great job reading it. You know, he does a great job, uh, you know, just trusting his keys. Our guys up front do a great job of finishing blocks. You know, sometimes it looks like there's not much there, and then our guys strain a little bit more up front, finish a block, and he, you know, slides through a crease and makes a nice run. So um, I think all of our backs are running it great. Sony's doing a hell of a job the last month. He's been uh, really carrying the load, um, you know, with Daryl out some. So, uh, you know, just happy for those guys, happy that the run game is, is uh, doing as well as it is. Thank you. How are you? Hey, Matthew. This team has has really risen to the occasion in the face of adversity over the last two or three weeks. How do you sort of keep that going now through the rest? Yeah, we're you know it's a mentally tough group. You know we got a lot of guys that uh, you know whether it was COVID or injuries or lack of practice or meetings. You know don't know if we're going to have them if we're not. Where we are, Zoom, all that kind of stuff. It's been a wild you know two and a half three weeks. Um, and then we've had some adversity in some games as well. You know, today was as adverse as we can, you know, make it. Um, you know, turning the ball over as many times as we did, making it difficult on ourselves and our defense. Um, but, uh, you know, the guys in this, in this locker room, they, they believe in each other. We all believe in each other. And, and um, you know, it goes a long way out there. So just happy that we keep building that mental toughness, keep, uh, you know, putting ourselves in these testy spots and, and coming out of it. Um, would love to, uh, you know, play a little bit better and, and have it a little bit more smooth sailing. But this is NFL football, and, and things happen. We just got to continue to keep playing, and our guys do a great job of that. Thank you. Hey, hey Matthew, congrats on the win. Uh, you talk about just the, the mental toughness and even the cohesiveness uh, with all, everything that's been going on with you guys uh, throughout the season. Uh, going undefeated in the month of December, how much does that go back to when you guys just got together from the, the start of the season to where you guys are right now, obviously, you know, pregame and, and OTAs and training camp and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, it's um, it's important to play your best football at the end of the year. Um, as a team, we've done a nice job in the in the uh, month of December. Um, you know, rest will be played in 2022. we got to go out there and make sure that those are, you know, as good or better than we've been playing. Um, and be able to win on the road against a good team um, without playing your best uh, is nice, you know, but we know that... Uh, those opportunities are fewer and fewer now, so we got to play um, better and better. But uh, proud of our team, proud of the way we've been battling, and um, you know, just got to clean some things up and, and play a little bit better. All right, that was Rams head coach Sean McVay, Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford. Again, tough game for Matthew Stafford, three picks. But listen, at the end of the day, if you win the game, that's all that matters. The Rams now close out the season at Baltimore and then finish out the season at home against San Francisco. If they can win both of those games, they will be the NFC West champions, and they will be at least tied for the number two seed, perhaps even in position to be the number one seed in the conference, really putting themselves in a fantastic position once again to have a home game at the Super Bowl at SoFi Stadium. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. The Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio. The all new and mightier 1090 AM. So many hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.